In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Welcome to the Daily Memphian Tigers podcast. I'm Jonah Jordan, the Memphis Tigers beat reporter, and today I'm joined by our columnist, Jeff Calkins. How are you doing today, Jeff? Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Why are you doing fantastic today? Oh, just because I always choose to, I choose to be fantastic all the time. That's my, you know, I'm an upbeat guy. I like to write about the good news of sports. <laughs> Plus, there's a lot of good things to write about with Damian Ball committing and uh, Senior Day looming and uh, all sorts of good stuff. Absolutely. And the, your Senior Day feature I really enjoyed. Jeremiah Martin. What was it like writing that? Uh, you kind of went deeper on, I don't want to say his life, I guess it was his life than very many people have before. Uh, it's always a challenge to write, honestly, when when people have, I mean, he's been here four years, right? Yep. And then on top of that, um, I I think I wrote in my last, you know, in February, I wrote six Jeremiah Martin columns because he's been on such a roll. I really think he is what, beyond the recruiting, beyond the the fans returning, um, which has sort of been, you know, the excitement about Penny Hardaway, all of that, in terms of the basketball story, he's been the heart of the season. He's what made the season memorable, even if they don't get to the um, tournament. So then the question is, all right, so you're going to write a senior day column. How do you, like, what's left? And it did occur to me, it was after the game against Tulane, I had gone up into the stands to talk to his mom, who was... They had the, the baby journey. Yep. Um, he's got a eighteen month old, a bit roughly. Toddler. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so I, I talked to the mom. I talked whatever. And then in the post game press conference, I said, "What's it mean to have um, journey up there?" And um, and he said, "You know, I play for um, my. I when I pray before I go out to be introduced." I think about my daughter and my dad. And it occurred to me that I really never heard much about his dad. Like I knew about his mom and I, and so um, I ended up talking to Faraji Phillips, his old high school coach, and I talked to his mom and whatever. And it, I, I knew his dad had died, but his dad was named uh, Donald Martin. And he died when Jeremiah was in eighth grade. And the picture that both Faraji and um, Iris, his mom, put, picture painted was of a kid who was really um, bitter and angry and um, and not handle not that he should have handled it well yeah. like it's not it's but, but was devastated and um, and I just sort of wasn't aware of that part like he said he thinks about his dad every single day when he's introduced before a game he crosses himself and he points to the sky and that's for his dad. And um, and then his mom, he, he was also, Faraji was funny, he called him a bratty kid. He'd wanted <laughs> to play for him for a long time, but Jeremiah didn't want to play for uh, Faraji because Faraji is known as a tough coach, mm-hmm. and Jeremiah wanted no he part is. of it. Yeah, he's the and, toughest coach here in Memphis. And, so. and Jeremiah wanted no part of it. And so after his dad died, he was kind of floundering, and his mom just packed him up in the car one day and said, we're going to Mitchell, and you're going to play for Coach Phillips. And... They still talk every single day after every game. Um, and so and I, and I guess to me what was interesting about the story, and people can read it at the Daily Memphian, but what was interesting about the story is we think about this, how far he's come 
in terms of beginning freshman year when he scored 73 points, I think it was, and where he is now that he's scoring, that twice scored 40 plus, 40 points. Um, but really, um, the how far he's come begins well before um, when he showed up at Memphis. The how far he's yeah. come was begins in third grade when he was a, a very different kind of a kid and then eighth grade and like the, the 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 journey didn't start when he showed up in in as a freshman um uh sort of an overlooked freshman it, it it really began long before that and that was a part of the story that i hadn't heard before and so um i like telling good stories and it's a good story and I particularly would recommend to people the part about broccoli because it's kind of funny <laughs> so um, anyway so that was good yeah I think people overlook with Jeremiah I guess it's just because it may be a little bit of recency bias because of the people that have been here for four years in the past is like you look at Shaq Goodwin Shaq Goodwin's tenure at Memphis it was I mean there was some drama you go back to Joe there was some drama whenever it seems recently there's been a four-year kid and outside of the one blip last year where Jeremiah left the team, and I still contend that wasn't necessarily his fault. I don't slide him for it in the in the slightest because of, of the situation he was in. Jeremiah has been on and off the court. He's been upstanding, right. and I don't think people talk about that enough. Yeah, there's another story in the in the column about uh, he was playing at Mitchell, and they called a JV player up to play his first varsity game, and they only had one extra uniform and it was an extra large look ridiculous on the kid. And so Jeremiah said, um, here, you can wear mine and it'll fit you. And I'll wear this one. It, it, it still was big on Jeremiah, but he didn't want the kid, his teammate to look ridiculous in his first varsity game. And I think you see that. And I think it's one of the reasons you pointed this out, I think on Twitter after the group interviews of him the other day, yeah. <laughs> um, Rainier Thornton, we were still interviewing Jeremiah, and Rainier Thornton walks off and he says, Jeremiah for president. And obviously joking, although you never know. Uh, <laughs> um, but the point is, is I think it's one reason that even as he's putting up huge numbers, his teammates don't resent him no. because, A, he's done it incredibly efficiently. B, he's a total team guy. And, um, and I think they see that. And so it's... It, the, there hasn't been the jealousy that you might sometimes, or the, this could, this could one guy getting that much attention could bring the break the team apart a little bit. Particularly like Tyler Harris wants to be that guy. He wants oh, yeah. to be getting that attention, right? So does Alex But they, but they, they take pleasure in, they take pleasure in Jeremiah's story, and they draw strength from it as they go through their own struggles freshman year. It's so because it I think, good. I think on one hand, it is because they didn't start out where Tubby had ended. You know, they didn't go right into that. Jeremiah Martin has the ball in the top of the key, and he's going to dribble 15 times, and then he's going to have to make a play. They started in Penny's system, and I think they found a way to, to meld the two, to meld right. the two ideas, but they saw what happens when Jeremiah isn't. When Jeremiah scores 10 points and he has seven shots, I think they've seen the other side right. of that coin, and I think everybody realizes, okay, this is the best version of us. But... And I think it, right now you you in the end are going to be writing a piece about Kevin Davenport for yes. Senior Day, and to me, like this is great what's been happening, and they've played well, they've been competitive, nearly beat Cincinnati, or whatever. I do think that if they're, I don't think they're going to win the tournament. Not that that they can't, of course they can, but I wouldn't call, predict them to. But I think if they're going to, Kevin has to come back from wherever he's disappeared to. Well, 
I just think this is who Keevan is. I mean, I don't think it's But who necessary. he is has also been, like, look at the UConn game. He was great. Like, he has had games where he's been much better than he was. Here's the thing about Keevan. Who he was against Cincinnati is not who he is. Here's the thing about Keevan. No, it is. It is who he is. When he is physically challenged, it's what happens. When he can take guys off the dribble and he can go towards the basket and he can shoot threes and he and he's nobody's up in his face and nobody's physically he, he's throwing been him missing around. Open threes now though. Yeah, like, I think I that's. Don't, I don't. I, to me, that was maybe the worst Keevan I've seen in a long time against Cincinnati. Yeah, he is not always that bad. I think he's in his head at this point. I think I he's agree in his with that, and I think he head. needs to emerge. Maybe if he has a like, if the first game, if he can get untracked. I don't know. I need him to be better than he's been. I think it's going to take somebody else. For them to win the conference tournament, which I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Of course it's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm just not predicting it. But I think it needs Tyler Harris. I think they need Tyler Harris to come on and join Jeremiah Martin in being that one-two punch that comes out. They can play fast. They can play off each other. They'll need him to have a Chris Crawford See, I would say I would say you could have – you might have a game where Tyler Harris is like that. You're not going to have a tournament like that. And so I actually think they need Antoine Jones um, to be the good Antoine Jones. When they got Antoine Jones, he's a playmaker. He gets people involved. He's bigger. He can guard. Um, but but we'll see. Anyway, there was recruiting news last night. You were, yeah, out, there. You were out there to watch Damian Baugh. Um, he credited Tyler Harris. He credited Penny. He credited – um, how did yeah. this come to pass? He credited James Wiseman. Like, how did so, this come to pass? They've been on him for a while. I think they kind of cooled for a little bit, and there was some worry that okay, Memphis isn't doesn't want him. Um, but I think they were just so focused on games, they're so focused on Trent and Watford that I don't want to say he slid past. So they brought him in for an official visit and sat him down. Like, look, we want you. We want you to come here, and Penny wants you to come play for him. He wants you to come play point guard. Um, I think it was a good pickup because you need guys like Damian. Is Damian a one, two-year guy? Probably not, but he's going to be one. He's going to be a great student. He's going to be a great guy to to be around. The I talked to Harold Rayford, his Tennessee Prep Academy coach, last night, and he said, "I said, what's your favorite thing about Damian?" And he said, "He's just the most coachable person I've ever been around, and he's respectful." I was talking to he. If you ask him to do something, he's going to do it, and he's going to do it well. He's going to do it it's to funny, the best it's, of his ability. I, I, I got on the wrong side of Malcolm Dandridge at one point because <laughs> I tweeted out that it's great to have a guy who's going to be a four-year player. And, and Malcolm said, I'm here two years max, right? I think. And, and, but, but here's the truth matter is, uh, Malcolm, if you're listening. I love Malcolm so it's, much. It's, it's nice to think about, honestly, four years from now, having Malcolm Dandridge and Damian Baugh as grown seniors leading a team. It, 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 you need that part as well as the – James Wiseman parts, you know, it's, it's, that's honestly what Tennessee yeah. built up, for example. You it's need built it. up. Yeah, and, and I, I do think they're both probably four-year players. Could Malcolm come out and shock and shock some folks and go in the draft in two years? And yeah, be of course. Sure, absolutely, sure, because I know how hard of a worker he is. I know his goals. I've talked to him a million times. It wouldn't shock me if he did the work that goes with that. But in four years, if we look back, and right now me and you are sitting here talking, hopefully that we're talking about Damian Ball and Malcolm Dandridge's senior day. I would say that puts Penny Hardaway in an advantageous position. Right. And they've got other targets now. It's something I'm writing about that. But James Wiseman said yesterday to me that he plans on winning a national championship next year, that they're bringing the Memphis program back, and that him, Ball, Lomax, Dandridge are a big part of that, and that he – that's 
how he's been recruiting, he's been going out and telling people, okay, we're going to win a national championship. That's a nice thing to say, by the way. Um, we talked about this a little bit on my radio show today. Um, that should be his goal. Oh, it's yeah, that should be right? his goal. Yeah. That should not be our expectation. No. And not only should the national championship not be our expectation, the final four shouldn't be our expectation. And I don't think the sweet 16 should be our expectation. I think it could be a hope if right now you could tell me they'll get to the sweet 16 next year and lose in the sweet 16 first round, you know, in in that round, I would take it a million times over. Like that is, that would be fantastic. Um, And, uh, so, yeah, I, you do want James Wiseman talking like that, and you certainly want him recruiting other players like that. Yeah, and you want Penny talking like that. And you want Penny talking like that, and Penny always invariably has. But that that shouldn't be the expectation of the fan base. It's not a disappointment if they don't go to the Sweet 16 next year. No, and I think it would be unrealistic. I think tournament should be the minimum. If you they make the tournament, that's a fantastic step in the right direction. They haven't done it in some time. It's been a struggle. They've... Barely won, what, 20, 21 games. I mean, if you come out and you are able to make Memphis, put Memphis in the conversation again, that Who's, is a huge step in the right the, direction. What's the backcourt look like next year? So you've got Lomax, Tyler, Ball, Jones, Boyce, um, and Hardaway. So those are your wings. Those are your guards and your point guards. So you got three point guards. Is, and, that, is that adequate? I, enjoy, I So... People like to, I don't know, I really like Ryan Boyce. I think he's a good, solid three-point shooter. He was in high school. He's very athletic. He's a guy who is going to work hard. Jaden Hardaway is a good three-point shooter, so that automatically boosts you in an area where you're struggling. Um, DJ Jeffries can play play the two if he if he needs to. He's another guy who can, fantastic in transition, can guard two, three, four if he has to, um, is going to dunk on you if he wants, and then his three-pointer shot went above and beyond this year. He was killing it. Um, I still think they need one more guy back there. It would be nice. Um, I'm interested to see if he, how much he plays Damian at the, at the point guard spot. But I think what he'll end up doing is playing sets of people together and, you know, end up offense defense kind of thing, depending on who's here and who's not. Right. Um, you know, that's what people are obviously concerned about. Uh, about the backcourt next year and what it'll look like. Um, but anyway, it, it nice to get Damian Ball. And now, who's left? Who will they get? Man, that's a good question. So I've heard they could sign three more. Or not three more. Three more in addition to Wiseman, Malcolm, and DJ. So that would bring so it two to... two more. No, three more. I know, but two more. Two more after Ball. Damian. Right. So right. I think it'll be trending. And I think that one will either be... One of the many kids from Florida that they're recruiting, or a grad transfer, they may have to. They may. The many them. kids from Florida would include um, Precious Achua, um, who's playing down there at Monteverde, um, Lester Quinones from IMG, and um, Glover, who I can't remember off the top of my head where he plays, but super athletic kid who's he's a sub two hundred prospect right now, but I think he'll start rising here once summer or once right. they do re rank people. Right. Here in the next few weeks. Whole thing's been a lot of fun this year. It's, it's been a blast. It, it, you cannot begin to imagine that at last year at this time, as we were oh, heading into the conference tournament, it was absolutely miserable. This is when the story started breaking that people might pull the plug on Tubby, that, that David Rudd uh, might pull the plug on Tubby. And um, Last year was the least fun I've ever had doing my job. 
Yeah, no, it was miserable. And 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 by the way, David Rudd got a hundred and seventy five thousand dollar bonus uh, <laughs> yesterday. And listen, what I don't. Happens. I, 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 yeah, no, I think he's doing a good job. Like you, you look over there generally at the university, and whether it's a land bridge or what, like all the growth that's going on, it it seems to me that he's doing a good job. And he certainly did the right thing when he pulled the plug a year ago, and everything has been transformed. Yeah, it's not just what the things he does do; it's the things that he doesn't do. Um, he didn't do the rec center. If they'd gone forward with the rec center when he when they had planned on it, we wouldn't have a football IPF right now. I don't think we right. that that wouldn't be going towards the direction that it's going. Um, in at Memphis, it's kind of complicated. They have to put up collateral for you to get a loan, and at a university, collateral is buildings. So for them to build something, they have to put up collateral, and sometimes they don't have enough, and they're having to play this balancing game. And Rudd's been fantastic with it. He's gone forward, and he knows – he seems to know that, hey, athletics is where the money is. Athletics is what drives a lot of things. All this other stuff is important. But yeah, if one, your athletics one of the interesting is, things is the transformation in how he has thought about and talked about athletics. When he first became president, it was all, we're going to get into the Big 12. That was all you heard. Yeah, it, was, it was – go- we are going to – we are going to – get into the Big 12. And now it's changed dramatically and it is instead we are going to get a better TV contract which is we're we're going to find out the details soon that they they're pleased with their TV contract. It's still not a TV contract anywhere close to I... to the still not a TV contract anywhere close to, you know, the SEC or the Big 12 or yeah. anything else, but it will be dramatically more money and um but it is interesting how that's changed. He obviously realizes the ship has sailed. They're not getting into a power yeah. five conference. Well, and so therefore you have to deal with the reality you have and the reality you have means let's get more money from, um, let's get more money from the TV contract. Um, let's invest in the basketball program and let's do the best we can with what we have. Yeah. And I think he's kind of handicapped. He talks a lot about the inequality between power five and non power really? five. Sure. They, there is that inequality, but the AAC is topped out. I think. I think we've seen in football the scene the highest right. it will get. Right. Until this is probably the best T V contract they're gonna get until they figure out a way because they're not getting into a power five conference, I don't think, as currently constructed. None of these teams are. I don't think anybody's gonna right. expand. Houston's I think not. Cincinnati's not. Right. UCF isn't. Right. I think this is what you got. Until you figure out a way to go, okay, we need to get rid of Tulane, we need to get rid of SMU, we need to get rid of Tulsa. And we need to get rid of one more. This is what this is the reality. I, I, I'm, I'm getting rid of them does not get you into a power five conference. Well, and it doesn't getting, transform, getting it rid doesn't of transform them, you into a power five no, conference. No, but getting rid of them and adding teams like an Appalachian um, State. Yeah, no. We haven't. Yeah, it would, no. It would, would not do a damn thing. It would. It, it, it would. Not, it would, it would I not, promise you. It, it would not get you to forty million dollars a year oh, TV no. contract. Is my point. You're never getting there. Get, replacing never getting re- replacing there. Tulane with App State does not get you to forty million dollars. No, which you're is not. where the it, it would get you closer. and it doesn't get you a place at the table of the playing an actual national championship. And it doesn't. Well, transform. the playoffs going to expand. We've gotten off the rails. We have. We yes. have. Well, but the playoffs going to expand. He just has it out for Tulane. I I do not like Tulane. No. <laughs> He has always had it out for Tulane. I, it's not a good. This no, is a fine. This. It's a. It's a. Did I mention that I was fantastic? And this is a great day to be a Memphis Tiger supporter. <laughs> so um, look for our stuff this weekend on Senior Day. Senior, we've, we've got. We'll have a five questions with each senior. We'll have a. Key we asked every senior what the score would be if they played Penny in twenty one. Did only one senior say they beat him? 
Don't, um, don't, don't spill the beans. We'll let people. I think only one did. Yeah, he only was pretty one, emphatic about it. Only too. one said they I would beat Mal- him. I asked Malcolm Dandridge yesterday if he really? would, could beat him, and he said he would win 21 to 20, and that um, Penny cheats. <laughs> um, not to tell him that though that uh, oh, no, he uses Penny, Penny. we wouldn't tell he, no said, one tell Penny he says he uses his old age as an excuse he was laughing though he he said Penny's awesome obviously he's like Penny's nice Penny's nice um, so I think that'll wrap things up for today you can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff underscore Calkins and me at, at underscore Jonah Jordan go subscribe to the Daily Memphian you can find the Daily Memphian podcast which are powered by the OAM network anywhere you find your podcast whether that be iTunes Stitcher or Spotify In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.